0: Well, uh, hello, everyone, and uh, good morning, afternoon, day, wherever this podcast finds you. It's really good to be with you here again. You find us in our second week in the Book of Acts, particularly focusing in on Chapter 20 of the Book of Acts. So today is our uh, second of four. And uh, you also find Derek after a very, very few hours, maybe minutes of sleep, thanks to um, power outages, fire alarms, fire calls. This man, he just he just doesn't know when to stop and uh, and everyone keeps calling him. So you you are in for a treat today and uh, we're really glad to be together and to be with you Uh, for those who haven't done this before. Go ahead,
1: Derek. I'm cranky and sarcastic when I get tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah, so a lot of things that I do episode. not agree with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to move it on, but uh, if, if it becomes an After Dark episode, we'll let you know before this has all happened, just in case. Um, for those who haven't joined us before, this is our very kind of simple attempt to sit in Scripture and to let it be read to us, to think through it, and ask questions, both about the theology and practice. Um, Some of the things are are things that we've heard before, and some of it's stuff that we've never thought about before, and that's all part of the discussion and dialogue. And so we're really happy that you're here with us. Um, This does mean that we have a bit of silence in in the midst of, as we listen to our passage, and that, again, just gives us a chance to sit in it. So if if, if the line does go a bit quiet, you know that that's intentional especially if you're joining us on the audio-only side. Um, it's Just to let you know, stick with us, and, and we'll be there. So we're want to start this morning. I'm um, going to ask uh, Derek to read for us for the first time, a reading uh, from Acts chapter 20, verses 18 to 24. We'll have that read, and then a moment of silence. I'll read it for the second time, a moment of silence. We'll give a bit of initial feedback, thoughts, and questions, and then we're going to set a timer for 20 minutes and see where the spirit and the word take us so over to you derek
1: this is a reading from acts 20 verses 18 to 24 esv and when they came to him he said to them you yourselves know how i lived among you the whole time from the first day that i set foot in asia serving the lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring you, to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem.
0: and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God.
1: All right, Tim, is there any uh, words or phrases that jumped out to you?
0: Well, there's the classic, you know, he's pointed out his own humility, which I always just, you know, it's just, it's a great way to start, isn't it? You know, I've I've been serving the Lord with all humility. Um, But, but I think the thing, the thing that's really kind of is this whole thing about like the he's constrained by the spirit to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to be there, but he's like my, so far, every city I've gone to, the Holy spirit has told me I'm going to be either, you know, imprisoned and afflicted. And I just think that's, that's incredibly um, yeah, that's an incredible thing to, to, to kind of proclaim and follow through. Um, And, and that's kind of what, what hit me both times of our readings. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, the the humility thing. I often tell people, I'm like, I'm probably the most humble person you will ever meet. Like, I'm and, top, and, top and you're right humility. to tell them. What? Yeah. You're right to tell them. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm definitely the most humble. Um, but yeah, even with you uh, talking about him going away, you know he's going to face all these trials, but then at the very end is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, and. Mm. It's funny how he talks about the grace of God and yet he's going to go face all these trials and mm. Mm. you know imprisonment or, or whatever happens to him. He doesn't know, but it's still because of the grace of God. And mm. before I get into that, I'm gonna stop because our <laughs> twenty minute timer hasn't started.
0: I'm gonna start it right now so you can yeah.
1: Yeah. Because we Excellent. would think that the the grace of God prevents us or not prevents us, but steers us away from trials and stuff. And although, mm. you know, we would, we we still would go into them because we know that life happens and the tests mm. happen and all this kind of stuff, it's the grace of God that always gets us out of it, right? Like I was mm. in this spot, but through the grace of God, I was over, able to overcome mm. it. But it's never the grace of God that's put me in that situation mm. or in that mm. trial or in that in that mm-hmm. test. Um, yeah. Well,
0: and, I, I, yeah. Can I just, like, as you were saying that, what, what I was really struck with is, is actually what seems to be missing here from, from kind of my contextual upbringing is that we, we often look at those kind of trials, you know, the imprisonment, affliction, whatever the trial might be. And, and our first thing often is to say that God has given me that, so that I might learn or that I might go closer to him or that I might, you know, prove my faith. But, but that's like entirely missing from here. Yeah. He, he just says that, that like the spirit is telling him these things are coming. And as you say, he doesn't see that as being like necessary for the preaching of grace but that his mission or that his, the ministry he's called to regardless of what else is happening is to, is to preach that gospel of grace.
1: Yeah. No matter what will happen. And as a side point, like when we talk about God's testing and that and going through things to, you know, increase our faith, it's always Mm -hmm. so he can hit us with something harder later on. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true because I would find it very hard to go to a grieving parents uh, of a child and be like god is testing you to increase your faith but don't worry he's going to hit you with something harder so he can hit you with something harder later on mm. Mm. I don't I don't think a loving god would would do that um mm. um even with my finite brain Uh, that's a tough pill to swallow so Mm. maybe not all of them are like that like we need to be careful when we're talking about testing and Mm. and God's showing us grace and stuff Mm. Um, Mm. when talking to people going through situations because
0: Mm.
1: it may be the hardest thing for them and to say that they're increasing their faith Um, or even Mm. when we're preaching it or something right increasing your faith so Mm. god can hit you with something harder and increase your faith again so then he could hit you it's like a boxing round where you just pop up and or one of those inflatable things that gets knocked down you keep punching and it comes back up yeah yeah, yeah, keeps punching it down yeah um and that's not Mm. that's not right
0: yeah, well, I heard um, in a, in an interview one time um, with Beth Moore. It was it was one on a relevant podcast. I, I don't know if they did it in print as well, but but she was just saying um, one of the things she's actually come to believe is is that um, in time God makes everything matter, but not all things have meaning. And mm. and what she was saying by that was like when we look into situations and expect to find meaning then we often give those, you know, two, two bits of wisdom of, you know, oh, this is just to, you know, strengthen your faith. And, you know, God is testing you so that you can be strengthened so that you can handle something even more. And, you know, God's not going to test you beyond what you can, what you can handle. And, and obviously there is some biblical, you know, resonance with that. But, but it's like, like she was saying from her own experience, she's like, so you're telling me that there's meaning in the fact that I was abused. And she's yeah. like, I don't think that there was meaning in the fact that I was abused, but through the grace of God, those things um, came to matter to be able to to be things that that could be transformed and given for for life, for ministry, for healing, um, and I and I think like. I, I love that that use of the two words of instead of looking for meaning in everything, looking to through the grace and work of God and over time to be able to recognize how things can matter. Um, and I think and I think like for me that really resonates with like the story of Paul, where you know he as you, as we were talking about right before we recorded was the sense of like Paul is not a good example of of a, of a successful modern day Christian. Mm -hmm. Because he seems to always end up in the worst places, you know, facing the biggest crowds, the most issues. And and as he says, even here, that kind of testimony of the spirit, that there will be imprisonment and affliction. And that just doesn't fit our, our mold of what success in ministry even looks like. And yet, I think he would say that actually through the grace of God, through testifying to that ministry and that gospel of grace, means that or finds that those things that he's gone through can matter to the to the life and ministry that that he's proclaiming and and living through Mm
1: -hmm. i also think of jeremiah like him preaching knowing that god told them you're going to preach for 40 years or whatever you're not Mm going to have one convert and no one's going to listen to you for your entire (laughs) career (laughs) <laughs> like that, you would be like, yeah. that's insane, like, that's not success, yeah. but it is. Um, mm-hmm. and then I also mm-hmm. think, like, with Paul, this he's talking about that. You know, I, I did a sermon a while ago about I can do all three things through Christ's strength me, which actually mm-hmm. means finding, um, oh, I just blanked on it not comfort, but, but finding uh, peace or, you know, finding contentment, that's finding yeah. contentment in everything that happens, you, whether I have lots or little, whether I have, um, whether I'm hungry or, or well fed, I, I find a contentment. And, and I see that in this words, whether I go there, and I am imprisoned, or put on trial or killed, or I don't, I, I have contentment wherever I go, like my contentment is not based on what happens to me mm. it's mm. it's something deeper it's it's inside of me it's mm. it's uh the work of jesus christ in me um mm. so no matter what happens i am content yeah because yeah. he <laughs> <cheap>. yeah because because <laughs> he, he even goes like well if i if i die then I get to go to heaven, and that's all great. Mm-hmm. And if I don't die, then I'm here and I preach the gospel to you. So either way, it's, it's a win for me. So I don't really, it doesn't really matter what, what happens to me.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Do, do, you find, do you find it difficult to hold that perspective in your own life and in the ministry that God has currently got you serving in? That kind of sense of, yeah, like as you say, like yeah, not not like yeah, being able to to be content and trust that God knows what God is doing, if you even if you don't see, or maybe even if you do see, those things that kind of culturally we would deem as success.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, every advertisement around you is bombarding you with that you're not enough, or you need something else to find contentment, mm-hmm. right? If you want to have content kids on a road trip, you need to buy this minivan with the mm. TV in it. If you want to get find contentment with nature, you need this RV. If you want to yeah. find contentment with cleaning your house, you got to buy this mop or this vacuum or this car or this blah blah blah, and then you will find contentment. People go nuts mm. trying to find contentment, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's an never ending race. And then even in our own lives, like I know here. With everything that's going on, like we had a pastor lined up and it fell through Mm. and the summer camp starting and then the fall is coming and, and all this kind of stuff, the contentment, um, it's, it's always, you you have to do something right. Like Mm. my contentment will come next week after I get all these things done. Like if I get Mm. all these projects done, then I can rest and be content next week um it's always that far off if I do enough then I'll be content which is the opposite of what Paul was saying where it's Mm. no matter what happens I'm already content so Mm. whether this program happens or doesn't or my sermon you know is Peter in Acts 2 and saves 5,000 people or falls flat and people say that wasn't your best work Derek uh I'm I'm content because I just did what what I thought was right, um, what the what the Lord has put on my heart. Um, but yeah, it's it's a constant struggle because everything around you is saying you're not enough yet. You are your body shape isn't enough yet. You got to work out more. You're not smart whoa, enough yet. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're not smart <laughs> enough. Um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had even with people about this show where it's like oh I don't know if I'm smart enough to be on that show or I don't really understand I'm mm-hmm. not smart enough to understand what you're doing and they've already defeated themselves before they've actually watched it right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and maybe there's there's ideas and things that you have to wrestle with but it's not it's not it's not a, it, it shouldn't be a hindrance to you right it's not it shouldn't stop you for, from doing it or make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to learn something like no one's born knowing everything. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. that's what this is, is to start a conversation or, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, if I get that promotion, then I'll be content because I'll have more money and I don't have to stress out about it or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not saying any of those things are bad, like buy the new minivan, buy the vacuum if it makes your life easier watch a podcast, read a book, do whatever you want to do, but don't look at those things to find contentment. Don't look mm. to the future. You can't buy, you can't purchase contentment, right? Mm. Um, it's something that comes beforehand. And I'm talking as someone who is very far <laughs> from contentment in every aspect of my life. <laughs> um, but it's, but as i as i think about this and i ponder it and that you know i can do all things through christ who strengthens me is about you know i can find contentment in, in all these things mm. i can through christ who strengthens me i can find contentment when i'm hungry or well fed when my kids mm. are crying and shouting and i feel like a terrible parent i can find contentment in that through christ who strengthens me in mm. my job that i'm not feeling satisfied with or um, you know is really kicking my butt that day I can find contentment and find that um, grace of God as Paul was talking about in those situations I can, mm-hmm. I can do it and it's tough yeah. like I'm not saying this is a this isn't a TV evangelist you know all you gotta do is give me some money and you'll find contentment kind of stuff it's it takes but if people money. want to try that
0: but if, if you, you want, want to try that, that you're, you're happy. happy. You're happy. <laughs> I will.
1: I will send you a little card that says "Contentment" oh. on it for like thirty-five bucks, and you just pull it out, and you're like, "Oh, I'm content." There we go. Yeah, just yeah. a reminder. Next yeah. um, yeah.
0: twenty eighteen, you know, twenty dollars eighteen cents. Yeah,
1: you know, just rolls off That's the exactly the what they did. do. <laughs> yeah. We need to find like later chapters in the Bible, like. <laughs> Isaiah 160. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah no one, no one jumps to uh, Psalm 151. Yet.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: It would be, be a bit too
1: obvious, a bit too yeah. obvious. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I know Paul comes from a, a certain time, and I may not mm-hmm. agree with everything that he says or mm-hmm. preaches. Um, yeah. That I thought about. Um, in, in contextual, but I really think he's he's nailed this 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 act of contentment where it's mm-hmm. my my outward responsibilities or things that are happening to me doesn't affect mm-hmm. what what I am on the inside, what I feel on the inside mm-hmm. who who I am
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can be my body, but mm-hmm. You know on, yeah. on on the inside i 'm good i 'm content
0: mm. yeah what it reminds you? me of um, so a good good friend of of Megan and I, who was actually um Zarya's godfather. he had muscular dystrophy um, and and he died at the end of last year, but because of you know covid restrictions and everything like that, they didn 't have his funeral until just this past week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was fortunate enough and, and privileged to be asked to say a few things. And, and it just reminded me of, of like all the, so many conversations I had with him, you know, over the years. And, and I think, you know, when, when I look at it, I, before I, before I really knew him, you know, when I kind of thought about somebody whose life was bound to a wheelchair, um, and and who is kind of completely dependent upon other people. I, I, I think in my mind, you know, it didn't, it didn't fit the the constructs I'd grown up with as as you know an able-bodied, educated person. And and I think like there was there was something about me and, and having grown up you know Pentecostal believing and and still do, like believing in the actual, you know, transforming healing power of God. Mm-hmm. And seeing that lived out in people's lives. And then there was part of me that actually started to to kind of put on to him, especially before I met him, the sense of, you know, if I could just see him, you know, stand up out of his wheelchair and walk. Like, what an amazing testimony to, to, you know, the work of God and and, and to God's love and faithfulness. And, and, you know, and then what will his life become that it currently isn't? And, and it was a sense of, as you say, that kind of projection into the future of what could be and, and what what we kind of believe to be those spaces of contentment and peace and joy and happiness. And what I realized, actually, the more time I spent with him, is like he had he had a, a, a much stronger and deeper and more contented and 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 peaceful faith than i ever have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and it wasn't dependent upon him achieving all these things because it wasn't the fact that he knew god loved him and he would take every opportunity to tell people about about god's love for him and his love for god that anchored his life regardless of if he literally almost died the night before. Or if he had to, you know, stuck at home because somebody couldn't take him out. You know, and all these things that I, you know, I, you know, COVID has been this thing. It's like, oh, I had to stay home. I couldn't go and, you know, I couldn't go and be in, around in London and go to the theater or the cinema or whatever it might be. I'm like, people's lives are literally like, you know, their day to day are so significantly different than mine. And yet they will have more peace and more contentment. And, and his life, you know, Mitch's life was continues to be, like, something that I aspire to because of that sense of, you know, whether it was because he had to or whether it's just he was, he was far more wise um, and grounded than I have, I am in my life, but just that sense of, like, what, what was, what kind of life was anchored on and, and kind of everything rose and fell on that simple truth that he knew God loved him and he loved God and, And I think, as you're saying, like, that seems to be this, like, really beautiful thing that Paul, amongst all the other theological things we want to, like, talk to Paul about. Yeah. Um, And and those contextual things about, you know, women in ministry and everything like that. But he seemed to have this sense of actually, like, at the end of the day, if if he could, you know, if he could be with God. The God who loved him had forgiven him was redeeming him. And if he could tell people about that gospel of grace, of, of, of repentance and mercy, uh, you know, if, if, if that was all he got to do in that day, it didn't matter anything else that was going on. And, and actually, I think about, like, the way I organize and structure my days. that I always have, like, this list of, you know, this will be a good day of, of, like, ministry or a good day of life if I can do X, Y, and Z. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, have I, is it rising and falling on that sense of, you know, proclaiming the gospel of grace or is it rising and falling on that sense of like accomplishment, achievement, and aspiration for, for peace and
1: contentment? Um, Yeah. I always thought if I wrote a book, it'd be, I wish I realized at the time because like mm-hmm. that—that's what it'd be called. Because, like, you talking about your friend there, like to be in a wheelchair and to have that happen and still talk about God's love for mm-hmm. you and your love for God is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like that's—that's that's it. Like that's the—that's <laughs> that's the thing. Like, like. If I ever sat and talked to him, I don't think I'd realize it until later how special that would have been. I remember I there was a growing up. I lived in kind of a townhouse called the sac and my mom started this Bible study uh, with some of the single moms, and like they were rough ladies. Um, and one of them was dating this guy named Tommy. Um, just a quiet kind of guy. But whenever I preached at church, he would come. Like he wouldn't come any other time, but he'd come for that. And he got cancer. He got like three different types of cancer. Um, and he wanted to marry uh, Joy, the woman, but she wouldn't marry him until he became a Christian. So when he got the cancers, he, he decided to become a Christian. They had this beautiful wedding in the hospital. Like the, all the nurses brought like tablecloths and they covered this the cafeteria and they did this wedding. And then Tommy asked me to do a communion with him um, like a, a few days later. And so I showed up in his hospital bed and me, him, my mom, and Joy partook in communion. And then a few days later, he passed away. Um, and then it hit me how special that communion was. Like, I wish I'd realized at the time that that was a holy moment. And that was... You know, even him in that time, he was still content. Like he was still happy and checking in and see how I was doing and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's a special kind of person to to do that. And I think that's what Paul's talking about here is whatever happens to you, it's it's to be contentment. And then and I think that's part of the being contentment or being content in our own lives is realizing those special moments that are happening around you, that, you know, that conversation with your friend or with Tommy or whatever else It's those little moments that kind of re re jolt you or or give you a jolt, um, back to what's important and what's, Mm -hmm. what's, um, what life is about really, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I assume that's 20 minutes.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray us out. And, uh, and then if you, uh, yeah, let's pray. Holy and gracious God, we praise you that you are here with us, that our lives matter and that your love for us is something that anchors us (laughs) amidst all that comes and goes both in the ups as well as in the downs. We pray today for ourselves and for any who are in this conversation. Pray that we would know your gospel of grace as tangible in our minds, our hearts, our bodies. And may that be our proclamation as we seek to see others come to know of your transformative life and love be with us and those who we love.
1: Amen. I feel like I should do a benediction or something at the the end of that. I'm going to do it. So may you all feel contentment in your life. May you feel God's love in all that you do, not for who not only for who you can be, not only for who you were in the past, but for who you are right now, created on purpose for a purpose. May God open your eyes and ears to see and hear those special moments that are happening around you where the kingdom of God is at hand. Be blessed in all you do. Amen.